What's up, everybody? This is Not Your Average Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, a.k.a. TG. Saturday, July 6th. A day until the biggest day in U.S. soccer history and possibly the greatest day of soccer in a very long time. We'll say that. Um, But anyway, to the news. Apparently, it's so hot in Athens, Greece, that they closed the Acropolis off to the public. They legitimately could not open to the public because it was so hot. It's becoming an epidemic around the world that we need to be aware of moving forward. Um, we just need to make sure that people are safe during these intense waves of heat. Um, uh, um, they should be offering water out and literally doing anything they can, they can to make sure that people are hydrated and everything so that they're not, um, you know, passing out or getting dehydrated or, you know, what have you. But the fact that they have to close the Acropolis is pretty telling of how hot it is over there in Greece. Um, that's something I haven't heard of. Oh. Oh my goodness, man. Just getting up early, things killing. Um, Samsung warns its profits fell 56% as memory chips and smartphones struggle. And this isn't exactly that shocking to me with the lawsuit that they're dealing with right now, plus. Um, <laughs> I personally don't have a memory chip issue. Uh, but to be fair, my Galaxy S6 is super old now since we're on the S10 or something like that, right? N- newest Galaxy phone. Newest Galaxy. The S10. I'm four phones behind now, so... um. Maybe I'll get to catch up. I don't know. Um, But Samsung needs to be careful moving forward. If their profits fell that much, they're they're gonna have to find a way to build back trust with the public. You know what I'm saying? Um, they're gonna need to be aware of what's going on and make sure that they're ready. This is this is damage control right now. Is what they're doing. They need, they're controlling the damage that has been done. Um, we'll see if they're able to do it. I don't know. They'll just have to see moving forward. Um, all right. So here's a study that finds that 
men gain twice as much weight as women during freshman year of college. Um, basically, you know, you're freshman 15. Oh, man. Excuse me. Oh, oh there's one more. Well, all right then. Oh, man. Man. Oh, you can just feel that coming. Um, so, this report finds... 3M Large Hole Repair Compound. Ignore that. I forgot to turn my sound down. Um... During their first year of college, men eat more fried chicken and donuts and drink more beer and liquor than women. They also gain twice as much weight, which is why we call it the freshman 15. Now, granted, this, says, this study says that men, men gained only 8 pounds after the first year and women gained only 4. I mean, both... Both gen, both sexes, or are eat more unhealthy foods overall. Um, women drink more wine and eat more French fries. This isn't exactly shocking to me. I mean, personally, I don't think I. I actually might have lost weight in college during freshman year, which I think was very impressive. But, um. Definitely wasn't the healthiest person. Um, so this makes sense to me. I can understand this, having personal experience with this. But anyway, um, a Paris deputy mayor says a tourist or says tourist buses are no longer welcome in Paris. Um, now I don't know what caused this. Um, disturbance um um there it's the, the deputy mayor says it's we're causing total anarchy in the city said the town hall is working on regulations to limit bus traffic and it would introduce parking areas outside the city their buses are no longer welcome in the very heart of the city. Hmm. That's interesting. Hmm. They're they're basically they're trying to they have a problem with over tourism and overcrowding. Um so they're trying to make sure that there's less um, traffic going on in the heart of the city, you know. So actually, this is I, I at first <clears throat> I didn't really read this article at first. On first glance, I thought he was doing this despite the tourists, but after hearing that, that makes sense. Um, I can understand his decision and his say of why he wants to do that <clears throat> so we'll have to see what that looks like moving forward so 
All right, there you go. There's your news for the day. Let's move on to sports. Um, we got some news that are. We'll go with the Women's World Cup preview first. Um, third place matches today. Also, the Copa America third place matches today. But I don't really care about that tournament. Um, it's just something to keep up with. Uh, third place match today at eleven o'clock, or we're getting close to it. On Fox, we have England versus Sweden for third place. Um, England should in all... England is the better team and should, in theory, win this game. Now, um, but I think Sweet, from what the comments that I'm hearing from the Sweden side, they they have the better attitude towards this game. I haven't really heard anything about England's attitudes towards this game. Um, I don't know. I just get the feeling that Sweden might actually win this game. I'm not 100% confident in that, but um, it's a third-place match, so you're basically just playing for bronze at this point. It's like the Olympics. You're just playing for a bronze medal. Um, but I, I would expect England to win. But since you don't know how they're going to come out, since it's not the fight... It's not for the final or the trophy. You never know how they're going to come out, you know. So we're just going to have to wait and see on that one. Um, some other things to go along with this. Um, FIFA president Gianni Infantino has said he wants to expand the Women's World Cup to 32 teams based on the popularity of this year's tournament. And he said this could happen for 2023, which would mean he would have to reopen bidding for hosting the 2023 World Cup, Women's World Cup. Um, and I don't know if he should do I understand. And this isn't an attempt to grow the women's game. And I understand this. Um, I understand wanting to expand, wanting to put more teams up there and give them the chance to be able to play for this for the World Cup. I understand that, but then we're going to have more games, I would think, like USA-Thailand that opened the tournament for the Americans, and it's going to be 11, I mean, a lot of 13 uh, big scores. I mean, uh, yes, it's good to go to the game, but at the same time, I don't want every group having a game where someone's getting completely destroyed, you know? And I don't know what eight teams are good enough. <clears throat> Mexico might be one of them. Um, also, he wants a women's version of the Club World Cup, which isn't really that huge of a deal, in my opinion anyway. And he wants a women's world league involving the national team. So I guess he wants like a nation's league type of thing, except for the world. Um, not just for one confederation. Um, I like the women's world league part. I like that. That one's good. Um, also, he said FIFA will double the prize money for the 2023 World Cup. Instead of $80 million, it'll be $160 million given out. 
but still that's lacking compared to the men's World Cup, which gave out $400 million. So we're still behind there. Um, but we're making efforts to grow the women's game, and I appreciate this. I think women's soccer needs to be grown in order to make things more competitive. Now, I, as an American fan who might be on the verge of a fourth World Cup title tomorrow, um, I, as much as I want to see the com- competition and the um, quality improve, Across the board, I really just want the U.S. to be able to stay above everyone. All these steps that they're taking basically are saying the U.S. is not going to win, be winning every World Cup anymore. We're gonna we're gonna change this up and make sure that things are different. And like I said, I get that. I just don't want to. Um, I just don't want to be like. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. Um, but these are great ideas to start growing the women's game and get more involved and make sure that the competition level rises throughout the world. It's like I said, it's a good idea. Um, Staying with with soccer for a quick second. Agent said Paul Pogba's Man U exit is in the process. And from what I've been hearing on ESPN, NBC Sports, and other media outlets, this makes sense. Um, I mean, I guess he's just not... um, I guess the um, good lord, where where my brain is completely lost in the train of thought. Where did where was I going with that? I don't even know. Um, oh, Paul Pogba. Um, but like, yeah, I've been seeing he's definitely leaving Man U. I just don't know where he's going. I've heard nothing about that. <laughs> And once they got of Jose, rid of Jose Mourinho as manager at Man U, he really flourished under Ole Gunnar, whatever his last name, the last part of his name is. Um, he really flourished and was the star that people thought he was. Because Paul Pogba, he's a talent. Jose Mourinho just never, he there was a, a disconnect there between those two. So, but we'll see where he ends up then. So I don't know. Um, little tennis Coco golf is through to the round of 16 at Wimbledon and she's going to face number seven ranked in the world. Simona Halep on Monday. Um, so we'll see if she can get the job done and get to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. But man, how about that 15 year old though? Goodness. She's 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 really doing good. Um, Teddy Bruschi was hospitalized after suffering a stroke uh, either yesterday or the day before. 
Um, they say he's recovering well, so we're glad to hear that. Patriots legend, Teddy Bruschi. Um, man, I still remember the um, – I still remember watching him play football too. Um, so – Oh, man. But. Oh, should I do the basketball news first or do I do softball first? I will go. We'll go softball. Um, the USA Invitation or International Cup. The USA under 19 team got murdered by Japan 10 to nothing in four innings. Um, they just they they just didn't couldn't get it done. They haven't learned to put up a fight. The under-19s are still learning how to put up a fight against Japan, the world's second best or best, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, Then, later in the day, the USA lost to Japan 3-2 with Japan scoring the winning run in the top of the sixth. Man, and I thought Valerie Ariotto's home run in the... uh, to tie it up at two was so freaking good. And then they went on to lose the game. And I was just like, ah. <sighs> it really frustrated me because I was like, come on, man. We got to win this game. But that's okay. The U.S. might have a rematch against Japan tomorrow in the championship of this tournament, of this international cup. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, But... Man, I was really hoping they would win that game too, man. Um, I just wanted it so bad. Um, then the USA played senior national team played against the US U-Triple-S-A Pride in the um in an exhibition game that didn't get the finish. Um, because of rain, and USA ended up winning that. Exhibition two to one against the U Triple S A Pride. Megan started in the circle. Um, Megan Good, former JMU stand, uh, JMU legend, shall we say? Um, she. Uh, let's just say that there was a at bat in the, fir- the the their first run should not have happened because. There was a check swing strike three that completely was missed. Um, it was an absolute garbage call, in my opinion. Um, garbage. That's that's the way to describe it. Garbage. Um, so they ended up giving up the two runs in the first. She ended up giving up the two runs in the first inning because of that. But, you know, then she came back and hit a double to drive in the only run for the Pride. So, you know, Megan Good is showing off in the pros. She's out here holding USA down for the most part. She's out here hitting off of USA pitching Kalani Ricketts. She's out here getting a run off of her. Um, I'm telling you, I don't. I think Megan Good should be on Team USA, or at least be given the opportunity. Um, 
you know, maybe that's just my personal bias of having been with Megan throughout the years or my, the last three years of my life. Um, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know, but, um, today, the last day before we have deciding games tomorrow, um, the U S plays Mexico at noon. The senior U S senior team plays Mexico at noon on ESPN two at four o'clock. The U S senior team plays at four against Puerto Rico on ESPN two. Um, at six thirty, the U S under 19 team plays Puerto Rico and then at 8 o'clock, the U-Triple-S-A, Megan Good, Jalen Ford, two JMU standouts from their times, two JMU legends, softball legends, will take on, and the U-Triple-S-A Pride will take on Japan at 8 o'clock tonight. And this will set us up for tomorrow. So, we'll see what happens. Um, hoping it'll be USA-Japan again tomorrow. We'll see. But anyway. Moving on to NBA, the Wizards traded Dwight Howard to the Grizzlies for C.J. Miles, and I thought that was the big basketball story of the day. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. Because um, the Clippers or the uh, Thunder traded Paul George to the Clippers, first and foremost, for a crap ton of people and picks. Um, but then Kawhi announced he's signing with the Clippers. So now the Clippers have Kawhi, Paul George, and you know what? I don't even know who else they have right now because I, the Clippers have just, Clippers have just made some moves right here, man. Um, I, I was not prepared for this. So what does their lineup look like now? They've transformed the team. Oh my God, Doc Rivers still coaching them. Um, Patrick Beverly, Gallinari, I think was involved in the trade. Gilgis Alexander was involved in the trade to the Thunder. Montrez Harrell, Maurice Harkless. Landry Shamit, Lou Williams, and Darius Thornwell. Add in um, Oh man. I just I'm I'm in shock that the Clippers were able to land Paul George and freaking um Oh god who um Kawhi. Clippers are better than the Lakers now. I I'm uh, I'm in shock. I, the Clippers might win the West. I mean, I'm not. I mean, geez, man, like, what is going on out there? I don't even know right now. I'm so confused. The NBA NBA free agency has been wild, dude. This has been the, and it's only been five days or six days of this crap. 
this has been the wildest six days in NBA history. I have, I believe. Um, I mean, it's hard pressed to find a bigger off season than that. I mean, it's insane. You know what I'm saying, though? But, man. Anyway, I'm going to move on. I'm for to my last thing I have. Um, JMU Men's Basketball released their non-conference schedule the other day. And I just glanced over it. I didn't think to add it into the program yesterday, but they start with the exhibition against Eastern Mennonite, obviously. Then, Wednesday, November 6th at 7.30, the JMU men's team will be at home against Charlotte to kick off the season. Um... Then the argue, not it's not even close. This is the biggest game of JMU basketball this year, Sunday, November tenth, at reigning or defending national champion UVA. That is the game, the highlight, and the best part about it is, um, we get that um, we get we get them to come back to us next year for the opening of the Atlantic Union Bank Center. So, UVA, we'll see how they do this year. Um, then Wednesday, November 13th at 5 p.m., we play Shenandoah University, which I believe is a D3 school. I'm almost positive about that, and I don't know why they scheduled these games. They don't need D3 games. They need D1 games. But anyway, um, Saturday, November 16th at George Mason. Always good to see that rivalry flourish. Um, I'm always into that rivalry every time they play each other. Wednesday, November 20th at Old Dominion. We have got to find a way to beat them because last year was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. When they played ODU. Um, so we'll have to see them get better. Um, Saturday, November 23rd at 2 p.m. at home against New Hampshire. Should be the should be a win with the talent they have, but I could be wrong. Monday, November 25th at home again at 7 p.m. at home against Coppin State. Also should be a win. Um, Saturday, November 30th at home against East Carolina. That should be a fun one. Um, oh goodness. I remember that Stucky Mosley's three, uh, three at the buzzer to beat East Carolina last year. Man, was that magical. Oh my goodness. Um, Wednesday, December 4th at Radford. Radford was a great team last year, and they came to Convo, and we beat them somehow. Still not entirely sure how, but we did. So <clears throat> there's that. Monday, December 16th at 7 p.m. at home against Charleston Southern. Um, 
And then lastly, at Friday, this is their non-conference, I'll remind you, Friday, December 20th at Fordham. My gripes with the schedule. Um, the D3 team that actually counts as a game. That is, I, I don't get why we, I get why you schedule teams like that, but I hate it. I absolutely hate it. You need D1 competition in order to be ready for conference play. Um, we also need to play, we also need to stop playing so many rivals or teams that we played last year. Um, I'm tired of playing teams that we've pl- played in the past. I want to play new teams. I want to play good teams. I want to have. I, I just want to play against teams that have we have a history of being good. You know, I want to challenge this men, this youth that we have on this team, and make sure that this team is good moving forward. I want to know that we have the talent to succeed. And Lewis, Coach Lewis Rowe, has done a great job at recruiting. This team should be very talented. Um, they should be able to make waves. This might be their best chance to win the CAA conference and make the NCAA tournament. Um, but, again, this is all theories. I, I can't believe in this team until I finally see them do it. Because I've seen this team absolutely disappoint me for five years straight now. And I need them to be able to be good when I need them to. They need to be good this year. They need to have the talent round into form. And that's where I'll leave that for the day. So thank you for listening today. We hope you have a great day. And like I said, maybe we'll be back tomorrow with new content.